Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So there's a real concern with a lot of black and brown parents because our children are not thriving inside of schools. There are a lot of children that are not reading at grade level or that are not performing in a way that there's mastery of concepts, whether it's numeracy or comprehension. And this is an issue that is across the country and has plagued a lot of our public schools for as long as public schools have been here. And so if the school systems aren't working, the answer is not to leave them in the school system. The answer is to try to do something else. My name is Nikolai Pizarro. I am based out of Atlanta, Georgia. I have two children, 12 and 3, both of which we homeschool during self-directed learning. And 12 years ago, I started educating Black and brown parents on how to take agency over their children's education. And for the last seven years, one of the things that I do for work is help people transition into unschooling and homeschooling. And it's predominantly black and brown parents. I wanted to be a public school parent and I wanted to be a reformer. My son was enrolled in school in kindergarten, but the teacher was a Teach for America teacher. It was her first year. And fortunately, a lot of underfunded Title I schools do have inexperienced teachers. So my son, he was doing math at second grade level. He was reading at a second grade level, but he was not writing with spelling at a second grade level because he had just turned five in May. And she would mark whatever words he got wrong. And for the most part, the process was that that child, they go to a word wall and the child would find the, the words that they misspelled and then would rewrite them and then join everybody on the carpet. Because my son was writing words like purpose and artillery and skyscraper, <laughs> he would never be able to find his words on the wall. He felt shame because he was being isolated. So as a five-year-old, he interpreted that as, I shouldn't write, I'm gonna get penalized, I'm isolated when I write, I make my teacher sad, I'm not writing. Finally, after months, she texts me on a Friday night and she was like, I need to meet you at this Chick-fil-A. She's like, I feel like I'm responsible. You delivered a child that was reading at second grade level and now they want me to put him through his IEP and all of his papers are scribbles. And then after about three weeks, I just said, you know, we're not going to come back after the Christmas break. It took me a year for him to write again. It has taken multiple years to get his life back because he experienced educational trauma. Like when I say educational trauma, every black person has a story. And so that's how we ended up being a homeschooling family. And this is like pre-COVID. 
With coronavirus resurging across the country and so much uncertainty about what school looks like this fall, many parents are now taking matters into their own hands. But since the pandemic has started, people started calling me through Instagram, through word of mouth, because they were going to work, the children were at home, they didn't know what they were doing, how to support their children. And I mean, I am working 12-hour days. For the first time in seven years of doing this work, I had 965 people register over the course of 14 webinars. This is bigger than schooling, and this is bigger than COVID. This is in defense of our assignment and our future and in defense of childhood. So thank you for sticking for two hours with me. Somebody that had already gone to the webinar DM'd me and said, there's this thing called pandemic pods in micro schools. It is a teaching strategy now sweeping the country, the pandemic pod, allowing kids to be together and learn while their parents work. And they said parents are doing it on Facebook, but I, I think that a lot of them will benefit from your message. So I quickly joined that Facebook group. And then within like two days, I think it went from like a thousand to 5,000 to 10,000 in a matter of a week. It was a, a reflection of a huge need. But what I saw was there were mostly white, wealthy families, and the growing rate was close to $3,000 per month per child. And I quickly saw that that kind of structure was going to alienate Black and brown parents because of the racial wealth gap and that they wouldn't find themselves in there. So I started a group that said BIPOC-led pandemic pods and micro schools. And I did that for two reasons. One, so that black and brown parents could identify themselves. And two, inside of the main group, people started talking about what about equity and what do we do about this being this non-equitable structure. Pandemic pods are one way parents are finding an in-person solution, but still a lot of people are concerned that this will only further widen the achievement gap between lower and higher income students. So I started participating in those conversations and one of the exchanges that I had inside of the general pandemic pods in micro schools group was a conversation where I suggested, I think something that would be really good would be if white parents took this time in their pods to tackle issues of equity where it has a lot to do with, with whiteness and how that needs to be deconstructed and really show that to, to their children just with their groups without necessarily inserting a black and brown child and I think that that alone would be radical and really address equity in a big way. One of the parents said, or a couple of parents said, how can we develop equity inside of our pods without the presence of black and brown children inside that pod? But, you know, if you're just having 
your solution be, we're going to create this great thing that works for us and we'll just let some poor black and brown children join (laughs) through some scholarships in our pods to address equity now puts the burden of that child to teach the white children about the experience. It, It overburdens that marginalized person. We're able to create and address equity without always having to tokenize marginalized people in our environments. And that was a very important moment. And it was a moment that I feel that had a black and brown person not been there and and addressed that, we wouldn't have arrived to the same conclusion. And so I left the name of the Facebook group intact in in terms of, I just call it BIPOC-led, and I left the same name, Pandemic pods and micro schools so that the white parents that were interested in having an equity conversation can join and not center their narratives, but be there and see the world of black and brown parents. It's like we keep discussing the lack of equity in the pods as if what is in place is equitable and is not. We're kind of speaking as if this just is, is about to start when really it's been all along. And so to think that now it's a concern, it's really frustrating because I don't understand, like where has the concern ever been here? These marginalized children and the communities that don't have extra disposable income at all, those communities and those children have always been here. We can no longer hold black and brown children hostage and and have us as families bear the responsibility to the fact that the country as a whole has chosen to defund our schools because they're funded through property tax and testing. And yes, that public money leaves with them. When people withdraw their children from their districts, it does have an impact on the school. And so what I suggest for parents who plan on returning and or that are concerned about defunding public schools in their communities is that they enroll in the online public school program, do the bare minimum, and then still do their own thing. Because the problem is to say, but if you withdraw your child from that system that's not serving you, then you're somehow contributing to further defunding and the needs of the margin are not going to, you know, be met. No, that's just not going to work. And so, you know, we really just have to take this time to pause and not make the margin be responsible for the margin and really just like sit with the discomfort that the system is broken and do something about it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.